good morning and praise the Lord on this um, Sunday, December 20, last Sunday before Christmas um, 2020. Um, praise God for you this morning. Pray that um, you are in a good place in terms of your relationship with the Lord. Amen. Um, pray that as Isaiah said, that your mind is stayed on him because if it is, the promise is that he will then in turn keep you in perfect peace. And so I pray that your mind is stayed today, amen, mm -hmm. stayed on him. Because sometimes we put our mind on our problems and we keep them there and our minds get stayed on our problems. But keep your mind stayed on the Lord and he promised that he will keep you in perfect peace. Amen. A peace Amen. that passes all understanding. A peace that you have even when your circumstances say you shouldn't. Um, we praise God for that kind of peace. Uh, Jesus said, I give you my peace. Not as the world gives. I have a different kind of peace. Amen. And so uh, praise God today for that different kind of peace and praying mm -hmm. that you have it on this morning. Um, and on this morning, Amen. As we, as we approach Christmas, amen, um, I'm going to ask you to turn with me to the book of Hebrews, um, Hebrews chapter 1, and we will look at verses 1 and 2 in Hebrews chapter 1. So if you can turn there with me on um, this day, amen. Um, we have some snow out here in the northeast. Some have gotten a lot more than others. We got about four inches. Some people got upwards of four feet. Um, I praise God for four inches. Amen. Amen. Um, and pray for those who are dealing with the four feet. Because, amen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Glory to God. But um, uh, Hebrews chapter 1. Let's look at that together. Hebrews 1 verses 1 and 2. It says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. And we're just going to stop right there. Amen. We're just going to stop there. And uh, let's pray today. Let's pray together. Father, we bless your name. And we thank you for this day. For this is the day that you have made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Father, we're praying now that you will speak from heaven, O God, and give us fresh revelation of your word, of your will, of your way. And God, that you will guide us uh, in the paths of righteousness that you have set before us. God, you said faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of yes, God. Lord. So bless us with a hearing ear on today. And Father, with hands and feet that will be quick to go to the work to which you are directing us. Father, we bless you right now, O oh God, for what you're going to do. I ask yeah. for, for increase for everyone under the sound of my voice. And Father, as you increase them, I decrease, O oh God, that you, Father, may have all the prominence in the place yes. and receive all the glory. Use me, O oh God, now as I humble myself under your hand. Let every word I speak be a word that is pleasing in your sight. Yes. And 
Father, I thank you, bless you, and praise you for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Glory to God. So we read Hebrews 1, verses 1 through 2. I just want to read it again. It says, God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. Amen. Praise God. Our title today, um, on this Sunday before Christmas, is Occupying the Silence. Occupying the Silence. Um, over these past several weeks, one of the things that has continually come back to me and something that continues to to move in my spirit is is the truth that after God spoke through the the prophet Malachi there was 400 years of silence until the birth of Christ when heaven spoke again to man 400 years um, how many of you know 400 years is a long time but yet it's a long time that none of us have any experience with, right? And, you know, we've been on this earth, you know, some 20 some odd years, some 30, some 40, some 60, some 80, and so forth. Um, no one who's listening to this right now has any personal experience with 400 years of living, amen? It's not something that we know. It's only something that we can imagine. We know 400 years is long because we can say, man, 20 years ago, and you think that was a long time ago, or you say 40 years ago or 50 years ago, and you say, that's a long time ago if, if you have personal experience with it. And then you imagine 400 years and you say, wow, that's really a long time. And it is, but it's a long time that none of us have any experience with. <laughs> right. But in this long period of time, God wasn't speaking the way he was speaking before. I believe God is always speaking, but he wasn't speaking through the prophets. He wasn't, he wasn't giving men visions and dreams and, 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 and imparting revelation directly into uh, his chosen vessels and then sending them forth to declare it to his people. None of that was happening. Um, and, and so from that standpoint, for 400 years, God was silent uh, until the birth of Christ, when the angels arrived that born this day in the city of David is a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And so it is through Jesus Christ that God broke the silence. Glory to God. It was yeah. through Jesus Christ that God broke the silence. And, and it was through Jesus Christ that God broke the barriers to communication between heaven and earth, between God and man. And it was through Jesus Christ that God ushered in a breakthrough in the earth that changed the course of mankind forever. Yeah. And it was through Jesus Christ. Um, but the way God broke the silence was not the way that many of God's people envisioned that he would do it. 
they they knew the promises from the past and they knew those promises from the past concerned the future of a messiah king who was going to come and save them mm -hmm. they knew the promise from the past they knew the promise of the past concerning their future uh, but here's the thing because God wasn't speaking in the present they began to fill the silence with their own thoughts their own words and their own notions yeah. of what it was that God was going to do in fulfilling the promise that he made in the past for their future. He's not speaking now, but I know what he said, I know what it's going to, but he's not saying anything now, and they, and, and they, and they filled the silence right now with their own thoughts, their own words, their own ideas, and their own notions. Mm -hmm. And in many ways, this is unwise. Um, there is a learned wisdom uh, that, that counsels us to avoid the desire to fill silence unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. uh, Gandhi actually uh, was quoted as saying, speak only if it improves upon the silence. Yeah. And you know, in one of the spoken word poems that Joseph uh, powerfully presented, he said, yeah, I would only speak if I improve upon the silence. Yeah. See, there, there's, there's wisdom in that. Speak only if it improves upon the silence. You know, and I've lived long enough to make a personal observation in this regard. Um, and the observation is this, when people speak and they use excessive words, mm. it is usually a sign of a lack of confidence or of overconfidence. A lack of confidence because they're not sure exactly what the answer is to a question or they, they're not sure exactly how they should speak to a certain issue. And so they ramble on, they prattle on, yeah. they, they go on and on because they're hoping that somewhere in the multitude of their words, they'll hit on the answer. Mm -hmm. They're hoping that in the multitude of their words, they will hit on something that whoever they're speaking to will nod their head in agreement with. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're hoping. And so they, I find this, that this is a, a, a folly of youth. Like when I'm dealing with young professionals, you ask them a question and it's a simple question. And yet it's a question that could, you know, could be answered in three or four words and they go on and speak for three or four minutes and it's all unnecessary. Yeah. And they just keep talking and they keep saying, and, and you're hoping that now they're finished, but then they go, and, and then they go, and, 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 and they just keep going on and on. And you realize it's the folly of youth and it's, and it's a, it's a lack of confidence because they feel they got to keep filling the air. Jesus. with words because the silence makes them uncomfortable mm. and then on the other hand there are people who feel 
the, the silence with, with excess worries because they're overconfident because they just believe that everybody can benefit from the knowledge that they're dropping. And so they just keep on talking. They love the sound of their voice and they keep on talking. They keep on talking, not realizing that the answer that they gave five, six, seven minutes ago was sufficient, but they still are on a roll because yeah. they are so caught up in themselves and impressed with, the, with themselves that they keep on talking. So it's an observation I've seen that, that, that feeling the silence often reveals a lack of confidence or an overconfidence. But here's the thing. I believe that self-assurance is always measured. When you're self-assured, you don't say too much, you don't do too much, you don't try to persuade too much, yeah, because when you're self-assured, yeah, yeah. you just kind of know, look, this is how I feel, this is the way it is, if you don't like it, I understand, I'm not going to get overly caught up on it, we don't have to agree on everything, but you know, self-assuredness doesn't try to go overboard. Self-assuredness is always measured. You know, I think about Barack Obama. You, you hear Barack Obama speak, you never get the sense that he's going to try to bludgeon you over the head with a whole lot of words. He's going to say what he's going to say with a confidence and assurance, and he's going to be done. Yeah. <laughs> and isn't that how our Lord Jesus Christ, when, it, when his first sermon, when he, really, he, he preached, he was finished, it said he closed the book and he sat down. Would be to God if preachers would learn to do that. Amen. <laughs> Close the book and sit down, man. <laughs> Amen. But see, that comes with a maturity and a self-assuredness where you become measured. You don't yeah. have to fill yeah. every void with your words, your thoughts, or your notions. The Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 19 that in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who refrains his lips is wise. Yeah. <laughs> I think about that in the context of relationships and marriages and husbands and wives having disagreements. And I can testify against myself that there have been times where I've spoken too much and it was not wise. Me too. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It was not wise. There are plenty of people now who are in a whole heap of trouble because they spoke too much. Yeah. Amen. There are some kids right now who are on punishment because they spoke too much back. They gave too much back talk to their mama. They gave too much back talk to their grandma. They gave too much back talk to their dad. And right now, they're sitting in there, no phone, no video games, no TV, <laughs> right? right? Because in the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. But he who refrains his lips is wise. There's a wisdom that comes with not speaking too yeah, much. Amen. There's a wisdom that comes, and that wisdom brings a self-assurance where you're okay when somebody just asks you, and you just answer the question. I have found that when people ask me a question, and the answer is no, and I simply say no, that bothers them. <laughs> it's as if they expect me to say no, and then and explain or apologize. That's but true. the answer was no. I don't know what else you want me to say. <laughs> if the answer is no, then it's no. 
we have to become comfortable with not filling the air with words unnecessarily. It's a dangerous thing. In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking. Ecclesiastes 5 and 3 says that a fool's voice is known by his many words. A fool's voice is known by his many words. Mm-hmm. See, see, just spouting off words, man, and just not knowing when to stop, not knowing when to stop, is a sign of foolishness and it's a sign of a lack of wisdom. And this is particularly so when the silence is God's silence. See, when we're just trying to fill the atmosphere, like, you know, you get on an elevator and people want to talk. Listen, I'm fine being on an elevator with you, going up to the 99th floor, and I don't have to say a word. I mean, I'm not being, I'm just saying, I'm not saying being antisocial or anything like that, but what I'm saying is I don't feel a need (laughs) (laughs) that I gotta talk, amen? We don't have to feel it. The silence. But when the silence is God's silence, how many of you know there is absolutely nothing that we can say that can improve upon it? Mm -hmm. Amen? Now, we may be able to improve on the silence in a room of fellow human beings, but if it's a silence that has been instituted by God, there's nothing that we can say that can improve upon it. And so that counsels us even the more to be very careful of opening our mouths yeah. during periods of, 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 of God-imposed silence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when God sent Jesus to be the Savior of the world, it was not the way people of God envisioned it. Why? Because during this time of silence, they started talking. They started talking. They started conceiving ideas. They started coming up with notions, right, of how God was going to do it. Mm -hmm. And it became common. And it went from one person to another, to the next, to the next, to the next. So before long, the common belief was a military king was going to come. And that military king was going to come and free them from, in this case, the, the oppression of the Romans. And this is what they thought. And so now since they said it, and now since they thought it, and they said it enough, and they thought it enough, and they said it enough, and they thought it enough, then that's what God is going to do. And I want you to know, we can say things over and over and over again about what God is going to do. But if it's not God's will, he is under no obligation to do what we simply believe because we come up with some things to fill the silence that now he's under obligation. No, he is not. He's under no obligation to do anything that's contrary to his will. And in fact, he won't. And so when we come up with ways that we believe God is going to move and we did it just because he's not moving and he's not saying anything. And so now we have now believed that this is how he's going to. We go down a dangerous path. Yes. God said that he said, my ways are not your ways 
and neither are your thoughts my thoughts. Mm -hmm. As high as the heaven is above the earth, so are my ways and your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. <laughs> God lets us know, amen. I think way above you. I think in a totally different way than you think. Amen. Yes. And it's not even close. As high as the heavens are above the earth, it's not even close. Then how are we going to know? Well, because the scriptures tell us he's given us the mind of Christ. And if we renew our mind on the word of God, we'll begin to think more like God than we ever could on our own. Amen. But it's just more like. Amen. It's not exactly right. like. Amen. You know, I, I, um, there's a song at, at, at Christmas that I, uh, I really like. It's called Strange Way to Save the World. Um, it's a song that was made years and years ago by this group called For Him. The, the number four and him, H-I-M. Uh, it's been covered by a lot of people. Um, my favorite cover is by Fred Hammond. Yeah. Um, you might like the original. That's fine. My favorite cover is by Fred Hammond. Um, you can listen to anyone you want, but the one that I'm going to listen to is the one by Fred Hammond. If you haven't heard the song, I suggest you listen to it. You can listen to anyone you want, but I suggest you listen to the one by Fred Hammond. But the song is so powerful, right? It's talking yes. about that 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 God using a baby born in a manger with shepherds present at his birth and he's born to this ordinary girl and to this man of simple trade that this is how he chose to save the world yeah. and the song just says this is such a strange way to save the world and that is something that we have to keep in our mind. See, God doesn't do things the way we think he should. If it was up to you and I, we probably, or you and me, if, if you, we would probably want, uh, uh, we would say, listen, God, you want to save the world? Then just take your hand and wave it all across the earth. And yes. just save, just, just, just knock out the, the, the evil works of the enemy. Just, just wave your hand and, and, and save everybody. Just wave your hand and save my grandson. Just wave your hand and save my children. Just wave your hand. Yes. That's how we would want yes. God to do things. Just wave your hand. You're all powerful, God. Just go ahead and do it. Because yes. God doesn't do that way and when he chose to break the silence and to save the world as the song says he chose a strange way yes to do it and this shows the danger of coming up in our own mind of how and in what way God is going to fulfill a promise from the past concerning our future when he's not doing or saying anything right yes. now. Yes, yes. And see, the people doing this at this time, it led to two problems. It led to a believing problem and it led to a receiving problem. Because see, when, when, when God now chose this strange way to save the world, 
this strange way to break the silence. Mm -hmm. There were a whole lot of God's people, not talking about people who don't believe, of God's people who didn't believe this. Didn't believe Jesus was the Son of God. Didn't believe that the Father sent him. Didn't believe that he was the Messiah. That's why Jesus had to ask the question, who do people say to man? Because everybody wasn't believing that he was who he said he was. He would tell them that I'm the Son of God. They'd say, tell us, where you come from? He said, I told you already, and you don't believe me. And when you don't believe you're actually working against God. Amen. Wow. When you don't believe. Because see, God is not going to do anything that is not worthy of belief. Why? Because God is not a man that he should lie. God is impossible for him to lie. If God said it, he'd do it. If he spoke it, he'll bring it to pass. And if we are going to not believe, then we go against this un. Uh, this, 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 this unchangeable God who, yes. if he said it, it's a done deal. And so people weren't believing. And you know, sometimes we say we have reasons for our unbelief. You know, the father in Mark had reasons for not believing. If you remember, he had a son who was possessed by a by a demon since he was a youth and mm -hmm. he used to throw him in the water and throw him in the fire and torment him and convulse him and do all these things and, and and the disciples couldn't cast the demon out and so when Jesus came down from the Mount of Transfiguration and he sees what's going on and the father says if you have compassion and can do anything yes. <laughs> save my boy and Jesus, I love it in, in the, uh, I think it's the Amplified Version, where he said, if I can do anything. Yeah. See, how many of you know that, 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 that if you pose to me or to my wife or, or to your friend or to anybody here walking on earth and you got a problem and you go, if you can do anything, man, I, I appreciate you doing anything. That makes sense. Why? Because there's only so many things that any person can do. We can't do it all. I can do some things. He can do some. She can do some others. But we can't do everything. But when you talk to a God who can do all things, it makes no sense to say to him, if you can do anything, because he can do everything. And so Jesus is like, what do you mean if I can do anything? But then he said to the man, he said to the man, he said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him that believes. Yeah. So what was he saying? This is not a me problem. It's a you problem. And whether or not you can believe in, the, in, in all the things that God can do. Because God can do all things. Yeah. And all things are possible to anyone who will believe it. And so it didn't matter that this man is now going through this with his son and he loves dearly, I'm sure, and he's seeing his son in pain and, and he goes, you know, and he's he's wrapped with all these things. <laughs> Jesus still expects you to believe. Yeah. So you can't say, oh, because I've been going through all this stuff that now I'm spouting doubt and fear and unbelief and think God is going to say that's okay. No, okay. God still expects belief. Amen? Amen. He still expects belief. When, 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 when Jairus had come to Jesus and was looking for him to lay hands on his daughter so that she can be 
you know, made whole, they came with a bad report. Don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter's dead. That's bad news right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what Jesus said to him, fear not. Believe only. Believe only. What he said, I know what you just heard, but I'm still expecting you to believe. Yes. Amen? Amen. I still expect you to believe. Lazarus was dead four days. And Jesus said, you know, he that believeth on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And he that liveth and believeth on me shall never die. Believest thou this? He wanted to know, Martha, do you believe this? Listen, Jesus is looking for people to believe. Whether you're the man who had the demon, with the boy who, who was possessed by the demon, whether you're Jairus who just got word that, that your daughter just died, or whether you're Martha who you know for the last four days that your brother is dead. Mm -hmm. And you bury him. And he still says, I want you to believe. Amen. You know, in the um, in the book of Romans, chapter four, um, Paul talks about Abraham, who is the father of the faithful. Amen. He's our spiritual father. Amen. We are the spiritual seed of Abraham. Amen. Um, and in verse sixteen uh, of Romans four, it says, "Therefore, it is of faith that it might be by grace." To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed, not to that only which is of the law, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom he believed. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, so before him, before God, whom he believed, amen, Abraham believed him, even God, who quickened the dead and called those things which be not as though they were. Now, going talking about Abraham, who against hope believed in hope mm -hmm. that he might become the father of many nations. And see, we know the story of Abraham. God calls Abraham out of his country, out of his father's house, out of his, get away from your kindred, go to the land that I will show you. He's 75 years old, and he tells him, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. He's 75 years old, has no children. Mm -hmm. He and his... He, he and his wife, Sarah, in their own way, I guess, filled the silence, right? Mm -hmm. And it resulted in Hagar, that resulted then in Ishmael, and, and Abraham now at 86 years old has a son, but God says, that's not your heir, amen? Yeah. That's not your heir, amen? That, that, that's, not, that, that's not the child of promise. That's not who I promised you. And you see what happens when you yes. have a promise from the past, it's concerning your future, but yes. in the meantime, nothing is happening. See, yes. we want to get involved. We got to start saying things. Sarah comes up with an idea. You know, Abraham, why don't you, um, you know, my handmaid, it's the same thing. And, and so they filled the silence with their own thoughts, their own yes. notions, yes. and their own words. And then Ishmael was born, and we know that caused trouble, not just then, but for generations. Yes. Amen. For generations. Abraham's now 86, and God said, that's not your heir. Then he wanted his, his servant in his house to be his heir. And God says, no, he's not going to be your heir. He's going to come from, your heir's going to come from your own loins, your own bowels. Mm -hmm. And sure enough, now when Abraham's 99, Sarah's 89, she conceives, he's 100, she's 90, and she gives birth to Isaac, right? Mm -hmm. But it says that Abraham 
who against hope believed in hope. And I like what the New Living Translation says. It says, without any reason to hope, he hoped. Yeah. See, that's powerful right there. Without any reason to hope, you hope. Without any reason to believe, you believe. See, that's what God honors. And so whether you're the, 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 the father of that boy who's been going through so much and you're just exasperated, disciples can't help, Jesus still expects you to believe. Whether you're Jairus and just got some bad news, Jesus expects you to believe. Whether you're Martha and you've been living with bad news, Jesus expects you to yeah. believe. Whether, you know, you wanted to go through some things like Abraham and now you're looking at the calendar, you're looking at your finances, you're looking around you and you have no reason Jesus. to hope or believe, God still expects you to believe. Why? Because he's God. And if he promised something in the past about your future and it's not happening yet, that's not any reason to abandon your belief. Amen. How we occupy the silence is critical, right? And so it it it, it, it caused a believing problem. Amen. It caused a believing problem. The writer of Hebrews says in a different place in Hebrews eleven and six, he says he says they that come to God or he that comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of them who diligently seek him, right? We must believe, right? If you come to God, you must believe. Yeah. Don't come to God not believing. He that comes to God must, must believe. believe. Mm -hmm. And so the people, because they had gotten to the point where the silence was, was for so many centuries, and they filled it with their own thoughts, their own notions, their own words, and now they got off on this other course about how God was going to do things, and God was under no obligation to do it that way. He chose a strange way yes. to save the world. Amen. And so now when he chose that strange way, they had a hard time believing it. You see what happens. So then when God finally moves, if you've convinced yourself he's going to move this way or that way, and he instead moves a strange way, you now don't believe him. Yes. And you got a problem. Because God is looking for you to believe. You must believe. Amen. Now some people, amen, continue to believe. Amen. You've gone through all kinds of stuff amen and you're still standing strong amen and and praise uh, be unto god for that because jesus is the author and the finisher of your faith and so if you and i are still standing in faith all praise goes unto god yes. amen. amen and not us uh he's the one who's doing it he's the one who's upholding us by the right hand of his righteousness amen and so he, so some are still standing uh, but then you know, see, if you if you have a believing problem, you, you don't even get to receiving because you're not going to receive. You got to believe first, right? But but if you are believing, then the next part is the receiving, right? And and here the Bible tells us when it comes to um, actually the Bible says when it comes to 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 prayer, it says whatsoever things you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you will have them. That's what it says in Mark 11 and 24. Believing and receiving, kind of, they, 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 they're connected. Amen? <laughs> See, and, and I, wanna, I would have you to know, amen, that there have been times that you have believed, that I have believed, that we have believed, um, but we haven't 
been in a receiving posture. Yeah. That's a bad thing. You believe God. God honors your faith. And then he presents what you're believing him for. But for whatever reason, you don't receive it. Think about it as a Christmas Christmas time. You want. Fill in the blank. Whatever you want. You know, Santa baby, I want. What did she say? <laughs> she went right. Yeah. I want diamonds. Duplex. Checks. Right? Santa baby, right? And hurry down the chimney tonight. She had all these things that she knows she wanted, right? But imagine then Santa baby comes and Santa baby gives her everything, but for some reason she don't open up anything. Then she got what she wanted, but she didn't receive it. And we often say every gift has to be received. Yeah. Right? If I give you the the, the greatest Christmas gift this year and it remains unopened until next year, you still haven't received it. So so we, we, we can't just ask and we just can't believe. We also have to what? Receive. Right? Yeah. We, we also have to receive. Yeah. And there were some people who were believing in this 400 years of silence but Jesus came and it said he came into his own. Right? Yeah. Right? And his own received him not. Mm-hmm. Right? They received him not. Ah, I, ain't, I ain't receiving that. Mm-hmm. Amen. But it also goes on to say that there were some who received. Because it says, but as many as received him, to them gave he power yeah. to become the sons of God. Amen. So so you can see what happened. You believe and then you receive. And then now, glory to God for this, then power comes, right? Yeah. Then, then, then doors are open. Then chains are broken. You know, the, you know, yokes are destroyed. Strongholds are pulled down. When you believe and you receive, why? Yeah. Because power then comes. Because now that seals the deal, right? God spoke about in the past, about something in the future. In the now, you, if you want to fill this silence with anything, just keep going, I believe God. I believe God. I believe God. The devil tell you that that's not going to happen. You're still going to have that pain in your body. You're still going to have that disease. I believe God. Yeah. I believe God. Still telling you that that your kid ain't never going to get stronger. You know, always going to be strung out on drugs. Always going to be running the streets. I believe God. I yeah. believe God. If you want to fill the silence, just fill it with faith-filled words. Not your own notions. Amen. Don't look at the situation and, and call it like it is. Remember, we serve a God who calls things that be not as though they were. And so you want to fill it with faith-filled words. I just believe God. I believe God. Right? Because the believing then when God moves, you can receive what he's doing. Amen. And you can see the power of God released because when those who received Jesus, he gave power to them. Power to go out of darkness into his marvelous light. Power to leave behind, amen, a world of of, of sin and and, and come into a world of eternal, everlasting life. Power to get out of the grips of the enemy and come into the loving arms of the Father. Amen. That's the power that he gave to those who receive. So here's the thing for us, for each one of us, individually, some of us collectively, God has spoken promises to us, right? 
He's spoken promises, which means he's done it in the past. He's spoken some promises about our future, mm -hmm. right? He's telling you. He told you. He told you. You know, it's, it's to some he promised. He promised you you're going to get married. He promised you you're going to have a kid. He promised you yeah. that you're going to start your own business. He yeah. promised you that your ministry was going to take yes. off. He, he promised you that your marriage was going to be made better. He promised you that 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 you were going to break that habit. Yes. He promised you that, that, that your best friend was going to get off drugs and, and beat alcohol. He promised you. He promised you those things. He promised. Yes. But right now, it seems like nothing is happening. But you know what he said. You, you, nobody can tell you he yeah. can't say that. You, you know what he said. My sheep know my voice. You know God said that thing to yeah. you. And he was talking to you about your future. Because God speaks the end from the beginning. And so you know he said that. But here you are. It hasn't been 400 years. Jesus. But it's been a long time. And you haven't seen anything, you haven't heard anything that's different from what it was that God spoke to yes, way back then. And, and, and so right now, our natural tendency is to fill this space, mm. this in-between time, this silent time, to fill this thing with some thoughts that we have. To start saying, okay, God is going to do this. To take every little thing that approaches in our life and say, that's God, right? Because God told you something. I got a parking spot in front of the mall. That means God's about to move. We take every little thing yeah. and we make it divine now because we so desperately want to see the answer that God spoke back then about our future and nothing is happening right now. And so we get off on tangents and we come up with thoughts and we come up with ideas. Ah, what about Hagar? Hmm, what about Chicago? What about if I quit my job? What about... And God never said any of that. But we start to fill the silence with our own thoughts, our own words, our own ideas. And, 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 and as if we can improve upon the God-imposed silence. Jesus. We can't. God is operating on another level. My thoughts are not your thoughts, and neither are your ways my ways. When I do things, I do strange things. I, I, I choose strange ways. I speak through donkeys. I, 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 I do strange things things. Yes, I, I, I take a Jesus. stick and make it into the rod of God. I do strange things. I send some white-eyed, unidentified stuff from heaven and say, this is what you're going to eat. And, and, and they call it manna, which means, what is it? Because nobody even knows what in the world is this stuff. But it's the food of God. It's the bread yes. of heaven. This is what I choose to do. I could have just made cornfields sprout in the desert. I could have just done anything. When, when people complain so much, I sent them quail. That was easy for me to do. I could have done that anytime I wanted, but I chose to put manna out there. I do things in ways you don't expect. Amen. Why? Jesus. Because I am God. And God is is on and is operating on another level. Completely. Amen. As high as the heavens are above the earth, 
So all my ways and your ways and my thoughts and your thoughts. So God has spoken about the, your, your future and he's spoken in the past, but right now you may be dealing with silence. So what you got to do? You got to believe. When you got to believe? You got to believe now. Not, not, not later. Believe now. Believe in the midst of the silence, right? Now faith is. Faith is now. We have to believe God right now. Yeah, I know it's been silent, but God still expects you to believe. I know your boy still got the demon, but I expect you to believe. I know they just told you your daughter died, but I expect you to believe. I know you buried Lazarus four days ago and the funeral, you know, the, 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 the program and, 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 and everything is, 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 is in, your, in your house, but I expect you to believe. Yes, Jesus. I expect you to believe. You come to me, you must believe. And so you fill the silence with faith. You fill the silence with believing. I believe God. I'm getting out of this, man. I believe God. My body's going to be healed. I believe God. I'm getting out of debt. I believe God, amen. My life is going to change. I believe God. I'm breaking all these things that have been on my back. I believe God. Otherwise, if we don't do that, when he moves, it's going to be impossible to receive him. Mm -hmm. Because here's the thing. It's going to be a challenge to receive him anyway. If you stand here believing, it's going to be a challenge believing him. We know why? Because he ain't coming the way you think he's coming. Amen? You think he's coming from the left, he's coming from the right. You think he's coming on a weekday, he's going to come on a weekend. You think he's coming in the summer? He's coming in the winter. He's going to come in. God's going to move in a way that you don't necessarily anticipate because he's thinking in a way that's different than you and me. Right? Yeah. I want to I want to turn to something. We're going to get on up out of here. It's in Luke chapter 5. I have always um I have always found this Luke chapter five. I always found this to be just an interesting an, 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 an interesting passage of scripture that speaks so much and yet it seems that we go over this so quickly. You remember the story of, of the man who had the palsy and his four friends brought him to Jesus? Mm -hmm. And they broke up the roof. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. And the Pharisees and other leaders who were there were so offended by it and said, Who do you think you are? There's only one who can forgive sins, and that's God. Remember mm -hmm. that story? And Jesus said, What's easier? <laughs> For me to tell him his sins are forgiven him or for me to say, take up your bed and walk. And so you can know that I have power to forgive sin. Take up your bed and walk. And the guy got up and he walked. Amen. And he went home. Mm -hmm. um, and um, in Luke chapter 5, we see that story. Uh, it's also in, in other places, Mark chapter 2. But in Luke chapter 5, but it, it, in Luke chapter 5, verse 17, it introduces this story of the men who bring their friend on the bed. And it says in verse 17, Luke 5, And it came to pass on a certain day, as he was teaching, that there were Pharisees and doctors of law sitting by, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. 
And behold, men brought in a bed, a man which was taken with a palsy, and they sought means to bring him in and to lay him, the man, before him, Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the story goes on. But the thing that strikes me is the last part of verse 17. That all these people were there sitting by. They came from everywhere, Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And it's the last part. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Yeah. And that's always struck me because as you read this scripture, only one person got healed. <laughs> yeah. That's recorded anyway. Amen. <laughs> God want us to know this man who was sick of the palsy got healed, but the power of the Lord was present to heal. Look what it says. Them. Them. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so it, it, this comes back to either there was a believing problem or even if people were believing, there was a receiving problem. Yes. Mm -hmm. But see, the power can be there. The anointing can be there. The, 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 the presence of God can be there. But if there's a believing or receiving problem, then nothing's going to change. Yes. And it's the yeah. same thing with the woman with the issue of blood. There was a whole crowd pressing on Jesus. Jesus, and, you know, pressing on him, pressing on him. But the woman who came pushing through and kept saying, kept saying, kept saying, Jesus. if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, when she touched him, healing virtue left Jesus' body. And he said, who touched me? The disciples said, what are you talking about? All these people are on you. And you're talking about who touched you? And Jesus said, no, no, no. I, I perceive virtue has left me. Yes. But everybody was touching. The disciples even said so. Everybody's touching you. But everybody didn't cause virtue to be released. Yes. Amen. Amen. The power was there, but everybody didn't, everybody didn't receive that power. That woman did. And so that's the thing I come back to is this. The power is here, y'all. Amen. God is real, and God is in the earth, and God is faithful, and God is moving, and God is speaking, and God is doing, and God is rearranging, and God is orchestrating, and God is redirecting. He's doing all these things right now concerning things that he spoke in the past about your future and is moving right now. Yes. But if you have occupied the silence Jesus. with your own thoughts, your own notions, then, then as he's moving, you're not going to recognize it, you're not going to believe it, and you're not going to Jesus, receive it. Jesus. Amen? We have to occupy the silence with wisdom. And, and, and the wisest way to occupy your period of silence, if this is where you are right now, the, the wisest way to occupy your silence, when when God comes with his strange way to save you and your world, mm. is to just be filled with faith. Speak words of faith. If you can say yeah. nothing else, just go, I believe God. Devil tell you, that's not going to happen. Devil, you are a liar. I believe God. You don't have to know how. You don't have to know when. You don't have to know the answer. Don't, don't. In the multitude of words, they like it not sin. He who refrains, you don't got to say so much. Yeah. Just say, I believe God. I believe God. I don't know how it's going to happen. You don't know. You still believe? Yeah, I believe. 
well-meaning family members. You still believe in God for that? Yep. I don't know about that because if God was going to move, he would have done this. And they come with their with, 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 with their old wives' tale and their common sense knowledge and all the rest of that. Yes. And you just go, I don't know about any of that. I just believe God. I'm just going to stand in faith. Now, you crazy. You stupid. You still going to that church? You still tithing? You still believe yes. in God? You still Jesus. praying? You still reading that Bible? You go, I, I, I believe God. I believe God. But nothing's been happening. Yeah, I know it's silent, but I believe God. Yes. And you're going to occupy the silence with wisdom. I believe God. You're not just going to say any old thing, come up with any old stuff. Because when God moves, Jesus, and when he shows up, you're going to recognize it. You're going to recognize him. And you're going to receive it. And you're going to whatever gift. And you're going to receive him. Now I want to close here. Glory to God. When all was said and done on this day. After Jesus told that man. Take up your bed and walk. The man got up. In verse 25. He said the man. He immediately rose up before them. And took up that whereon he lay. He took up his bed. Mm -hmm. And he departed to his own house. What was he doing? Glorifying God. And they were all amazed. And they glorified God. And were filled with fear saying. We have seen strange things today. See, 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 this is the thing. When God moves, it's strange, y'all. When the way he does things, it's strange. It's different. It's, it's not what we expect. It's, it's strange stuff. See, God told me that, I, that I'm going to financially, he's going to bless me. And you go out there buying lottery tickets. See, you filling the silence with stuff. God didn't tell you buy no lottery <laughs> ticket, right. man. He didn't tell you that. But then you scratching off, you scratching off, yeah, and you you getting mad because now you only winning five dollars every three weeks, and you mad and you mad. Well, I guess God God didn't say He was doing it that way, right? Jesus, Just stand Jesus. believing God. Don't start looking for your Hagar, Amen. Just believe God. Amen. Amen. Occupy the silence. If you want to occupy with anything, occupy it with this. With faith. Amen. With faith. You stand believing God during your period of silence. And when the silence is broken and the breakthrough comes, yes. you will be standing believing and ready to receive no matter what way God decides to answer your prayer, and to fulfill his promise. Amen. 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 Glory to God in heaven. I'm closing my book and I'm going to sit down too. Amen. Amen. I believe the will of the Lord is done. So we just going to pray now. Pray with me. Father, we bless your name. Yes, Glory Father, to God. God. We bless your name. Thank and we you. just thank you, Lord, for it. For just being amazing God and yes, just for God. speaking to our hearts and minds and encouraging us, inspiring us, teaching us, showing us, leading us, guiding us by your spirit. Yes, Father, I just uh, pray now that we will all meditate on the word you've spoken unto us today, God, and that, God, we will apply it to our lives, that we will work it out in our lives, oh yes, God, and, and that we can see 
the word of God come to pass. You said your word is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And yes. so, Father, we believe that what you have done today is a powerful thing. And we bless you and we thank you for it. Now, God, just continue to um, hold on to us, oh God. Yes, hold on to us, you. oh God. The enemy continues to come in like a flood. You promised that you would lift up a standard against him. And so, Father God, we stand in faith, believing in your faithfulness and your love to do it. And Father, as we do that, help us to continue to believe on you no yes, matter what. Lord, and Father you. God, as we believe, oh God, we we also ask you to help us to receive everything you have for us, oh God. Yes. That truly we can add our voices to the chorus that says that the promises of God are yea and amen. And yes. So Father, we bless you for it now. We give you all praise. God, be with us on the rest of this day. Continue to show yourself faithful. Continue to show yourself good. Continue to show yourself mighty. Yes. And we, God, will continue and always give you the praise. We love you, Lord. And we bless your holy name. In Jesus' In Jesus name. name. Amen. 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 Praise God. God is a good God. Yes, he is. I don't know why she said that and she's not going to sing the song, but... Right. <laughs> but, you know, as they say, see, I'm telling the silence with belief that God's going to do a strange thing. It's going to be real strange. <laughs> One of these days. And my wife's going to sing a song and everybody who's been with us all this time, you're going to say, we have seen strange yes, things indeed. today. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. I'm believing on that. So I'm going to be careful how I occupy the silence. Um, glory to God. We'll see you next time. God bless you. Uh, continue to pray for us. We pray for you. And we hope to see you.